Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Here we are once again on Market Proof Marketing with a fantastic guest, someone who's doing the job day in and day out, and recently uh, got got bumped up a level to, to one of the top seats in the organization. Today we have Lisa McCleskey, Division Manager of Oltoff Homes, joining us. Lisa, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thanks so much, Kevin. It's a joy to be here. I can think of many people now. I, there's probably, I'm not going to name names because I'll, I'll forget someone and I'll be in big trouble, but there's probably seven or eight people, uh, you being one, who made it to a division manager or president or CEO role of an organization mm-hmm. who, st- who, who was most recently in a marketing role. Yeah. So that's, well, we're going to talk about a lot of different things I'm sure today, but that's one of the things that I really want to dig into. And so, mm-hmm. um, how long have you been in, in your current position now? The division manager position? Yes. Well, so officially since July 3rd, but I'm a person who actually starts to dig in rather early. So the decision was made back in February and I sort of hit the ground running, uh, just introducing myself to the team, making sure I was a presence rather than a person who just showed up on July 3rd. Yeah, smart. Now. Um, you had marketing background. Were there any other departments in home building that you or, or, had, had experience in prior to taking on this, this role? Yeah, absolutely. So I started out in the sales center and uh, was probably the most nervous person to ever walk through the sales center doors trying to sell someone a home. I think my hands were shaking so bad the first time that the people bought a house because they felt so bad for me. <laughs> so I was <laughs> hey, whatever like, works. Okay. That's right. Whatever works. So um, worked my way through that. Uh, They had approached me a couple times about becoming a sales manager. That seemed a little lofty to me. So um, I'm a person who likes to take measured steps to things. So I actually ended up being um, a management assistant to the owner while I still worked the sales center. And then from there, I moved into sales manager and then director of sales and then director of sales and marketing. And now I find myself today as the division manager for our um, Indianapolis division. And what's really interesting about that quick overview, and we'll, we'll dive in a little bit more, is I think in every case of those people that I mentioned who have made it yeah. to, to that level, mm-hmm. they all had some crossover between sales and marketing that, mm-hmm. that occurred and obviously went well in order for them to continue to get additional opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Talk talk to me about how difficult that was for you, um, starting out on the sales side and then getting involved in marketing or or how not difficult it was. Just tell me about that kind of, that crossover Mm -hmm. experience because we have a lot of conversations about how oftentimes that doesn't go well. And Mm -hmm. I think everyone has different theories as to why, but I'm curious what your Mm -hmm. experience was. Yeah. Now, I would say that my experience was really, really good. And one of the reasons I think um, it was good was because I was willing just to have honest dialogue at the very onset. I think a lot of times what happens between sales and marketing is a blame. Marketing blames sales because they didn't uh, use what they gave them. Sales blames marketing because they're not bringing them enough leads. And I think when we take down those uh, walls and go, we're going to, we're one team, 
we rise or fall together. Uh, that's when, uh, for lack of a better term, it sounds hokey, but the magic starts to happen because everyone realizes that the other department is not their enemy. They're actually here to help them succeed. Yeah, it's almost, uh, I, you know, I love terrible analogies. And so here's, here's a really Me bad too. one. I know, I, know, <laughs> I know the beginning, it's going to be bad. But imagine if you were given a checklist of everything wrong with a property and then asked to renovate it. You would, right. would hyper-focus on that list that you're given because it's the only exposure right. you had. And I feel like that's a lot of times what happens is people come from the sales side and they have this picture or frustration or desire for marketing to behave or act or solve a problem for them right. differently. Right. And as soon as they uh, kind of turn the corner or get that additional access, they mm -hmm. focus on that kind of myopic view of the things that right. I wish could have been done or should have been done. Right. Without, uh, and that's something that we've always been impressed with, with you, Lisa, is um, no fear of asking questions right. and never wanting just the answer, but how you get to the answer and what right. kind of broader impact does that answer have? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Because for me, I think you always have to orient in the truth. And when you don't have the courage to orient in the truth, nothing's ever going to get fixed. And so you have to go first, we're going to drop our anchor, we're going to orient what's the truth here. And that doesn't mean anyone's at fault. Sometimes they are, but it doesn't mean anyone's at fault. Um, it just means it is what it is. This is where we find ourselves. What's the truth here? Because you can't move forward, you know, without the truth. It's, it's sort of like the weight loss programs we watch, right? Uh, what's the first thing they have them do? Or me, myself, right? If I want to lose weight, what do I need to do? I need to step on the scale. Mm -hmm. And I need to go, well, how much do I weigh? That's what I need to see first before I say I want to lose X amount or here's how I'm going to go about losing it. How about I find out what I really weigh? How about we orient in the truth about where both department is and then move forward from there? Yeah, I think it's interesting how you emphasized the, the fault aspect because it makes everybody nervous. Right. But fault via ignorance isn't a big deal. It's, it's fault by willful ignorance. That's a huge yes. problem. That's right. <laughs> but just yes. not knowing that's an opportunity, not a problem. I mean, it, it causes problems all the time, but mm -hmm. once yeah. that is known, then you can go address it. That, that orientation to truth feels like that's not something you just made up. How, how long has that been something that you've used as a, as a tool? Um, you know, I would say probably, and no, it's not, it's, it's sort of a life rule of mine. Uh, first, we look at the truth and, and that is, you know, one of my favorite quotes. I love quotes and I'm always, you know, and they come on and they fall off. But one of my favorite quotes is, um, who you are anywhere is who you are everywhere. And so it tends to be a thread that just runs through my life. Um, if you knew my family, my friends, the people I go to church with, they would all tell you the same thing, that the truth is very important to me. And I'm often a person that people will call and go, I really need someone to tell me the truth. And I think you can speak the truth in love, um, but it's the Brene Brown quote, right? Kind is clear, clear is kind. And so when no one has the courage to really speak truth to someone. So my... Um, you know, life rule of truth goes way back to where, you know, when I was um, much younger, I come from a very disadvantaged background. Um, if you've ever seen that YouTube video where they show all the kids standing on the line and then they say, take a step forward if, oh, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay. So I would have been on the line 
everyone would have uh, still been ahead. And um, it was like no one really oriented to the truth of where we were as a family and what that looked like. So I sort of made a internal pact for myself that um, I was going to speak truth uh, where I went and I was going to start with truth. And I think that it's just something that I will always live by. And I sort of uh, demands a strong word, but I do require it of people that are on my team. What's the truth? And then let's go from there. That's <laughs> relatively straightforward, but incredibly difficult. You know, a lot of times when we start working with an, with an organization or I start um, interacting with a leader, there's a whole bunch of emperor has no clothes things going on. Yeah. Of Well, our, our conversion rate is fantastic. That's interesting, but you're counting, you know, clicked on a photo as a conversion. Or, right. uh, hey, our, our, our appointment to sale ratio is fantastic from online sales. Oh, but you count any interaction with a salesperson as an appointment. It doesn't have to be a scheduled appointment. Right. And so there's a lot of this, Again, willful ignorance or mm -hmm. unwillingness to look at the truth or to be measured against some type of uh, standard that doesn't have uh, an opinion. It just mm -hmm. kind of is a standard. It's, it's, a, it's a point of truth, to use yeah. your words. Yeah. Uh, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, it is hard, but it's also, I've always taken my, um, my roles in leadership, regardless of what they were incredibly seriously, or serious. Um, I've always taken them seriously. And I think it's a disservice to everyone you lead when you won't look at the truth because they're all waiting for direction. Right. And they're going, Doesn't okay. It cause I some, some tension. I mean, talk, talk, I mean, the number of people you've interacted with over your career, I'm sure there's been points where like the relationship might've started off a little bit like, Whoa, what's this person doing? And they're just, <laughs> you know, poking holes in my artificial reality all over the place. And I don't, I don't maybe feel as I'm sure that's happened a time or two. How do you, how do you, do you have to intentionally kind of follow up that truth with the love part or, or how, how does it? Yeah, I think I, you know, so a couple of things, I always give it an on-ramp. Um, whenever I'm going to speak truth, I always tell the person that we're going to have a conversation about this. Um, I don't bring people in and all of a sudden, just for lack of a better term, throw up on them here, here, you know, but I go, we need to have a conversation about these things. Um, I plan on bringing truth to the conversation. I want you to do the same. And when I meet with them, um, almost always too, I tell them it's because I find value in you that we're having this conversation because the easiest thing for me to do is to check the box and close my laptop. That's the easiest thing for me to do. But uh, people are of value. And if they're sitting on my team, they're of value or they wouldn't be on my team. That's the other thing, right? And so we, um, you often hear people like they'll say, oh, I was let go from a position or something like that. Well, did anyone meet with you and, and not send you some random email, but did they sit down and look face to face with you and say, you're not performing? and I really wanna see you here, would you allow me to walk alongside you and show you how you can perform? And if that person says, I'm not interested in that, well, they're not the right fit for your team. Yeah. So I, it, it must then create loyalty when you go through that process with people. Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, I have a lot of longevity um, on my teams now. Part of that is just due to the fact that we have a great company, I believe with a really, really good culture. Uh, but one thing I, 
um, you know, I've done like those 360 reviews. Isn't that what they call them where you like send them out and ask people yeah. to rate you? And uh, I think that takes a willingness to look at truth as well. And um, I've asked people, you know, hey, how am I doing Is, as a manager? What do I need to improve on? And I think if you were to talk to my team, I'm a flawed person, Kevin, my goodness, I got a ton of flaws, right? But one thing that people could count on was that they would always get the truth. And so imagine walking into work and wondering, well, I wonder what the manager really thinks of me. Well, I'm going to tell you because I think you're valuable. And so let's work on that. Yeah. One of the concepts that I learned when I um, ran two humbling divisions with NVR is uh, the Jahari window, which is this idea of how guarded people are with information with you yes. increases as you elevate in an organization. Uh-huh. And um we don't have to get specific at all, but I'm just wondering if you mm-hmm. felt that, you know, the announcement I guess was made a while ago, but I just remember being part of the same team of people and walking in one day as everyone's boss and uh-huh. suddenly everything was perfect. Everything was great. Uh-huh. And I was, I, I, I wish I would have talked to you, uh, you know, 12 years ago. Uh, really, <laughs> cause I, I would have known what to say, but like, Hey everyone, we got to get back to the truth. But did uh-huh. you sense that at all, or or because you had worked with these people, it it didn't seem to be um, uh-huh. something that happened? Well, so this is a different division. So I have been located out of the Northwest Indiana. That's where I was uh, director of sales and marketing, and that also overflowed to the sales team only in Indianapolis. So my new role is under um, is also entails production and purchasing and land development. And I think one of the first things I did uh, was I actually uh, got people on a Teams call, as many as I could, and I asked them whether or not they were planning on staying. Hmm. I said, let's just talk truth here. I'm really excited, but I know sometimes moves can be challenging for people and they can be unsettling. Uh, So I actually asked them and I wanted to do it on Teams because I wanted to see their face. Wanted to see what they're incredibly candid conversation. Yeah. But you know what? It went well, it went really well. And I had numerous people say to me, um, this is either going to go really good or really bad because anyone that would have the courage just to (laughs) call and ask. And I said, you know, I think you're doing a good job. We have things we need to work on, but if you're planning on leaving because now you have a new boss, let's just have that conversation now and let's work together for a good transition. Mm -hmm rather than you just coming in and exiting. Um, And also now I have production. And I think some of the, you know, some of the things with that too, is that is not my area of uh, strong knowledge. And I've been honest with them about that. I I haven't come in to try to look like I, I'm going to tell you, Um, I said, I am going to ride along with you in your, I'm going to show up at 7am and I'm going to ride along with you in your production truck. And I need uh, for you to teach me. I need to learn what you do. And I'm gonna point out things to you if I see inconsistencies, that's a strength of mine. If I see inconsistencies, ways we're not following processes, things that could make us more efficient. So I guess I haven't felt it like um, because I was just so direct. And I I think the more you sit back and the more one day turns into another and and you're like, I really should have a conversation. I really should have one. The more awkward it gets and the more fear builds up in you. So I've always been the kind of person just rip the bandaid off. (laughs) 
<laughs> let's just have it. the conversation and see what we need to talk about. Yeah, I think let's just talk about production for a second because I'm sure yeah. a lot of marketers who are listening are thinking like, I, I'd love to be a division manager one day, but oh man, production, uh, yeah. land, warranty, those are areas that I, I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. If you have a great partner and you do have that ability to just to speak truthfully with each other, Mm -hmm. it, it works. The The biggest part that you're speaking to, I think, perfectly is, do I have a good partner or not? You have to figure that out by having that original candid conversation of do you want right. to stay or not? And then mm -hmm. observation and more candid conversations to make sure you have a great partner. Mm -hmm. But once you have a good partner, it makes it all a lot easier. The, mm -hmm. the, the trick is how do you determine whether you have that partnership mm -hmm. uh, mentality with that person? Yeah, and I think it is having those conversations. We just held our first division meeting and um, we talked about truth. And uh, one of the things that I talked about, so we've got people from all different departments and I have to say this, and because I'm a truth speaker, I wouldn't say if it wasn't true. These are great people. Like I have been so impressed uh, with this team of people and their heart to show up because you cannot buy heart. You just can't, yeah. Yeah, you, can. um, you cannot get that. And so these are good, smart people. Uh, but we have, we have a division here that is growing and there hasn't really been um, a leader here, an appointed leader. And so um, one of the things that I spoke to them about uh, was that I'm not gonna have a meeting, have everyone come in and I'm gonna sit here and talk at you. This is going to be very collaborative and interactive and I need to hear from you. So I don't let people come into meetings and sit silent and walk out. Yeah. I'm like, what do you think? Well, yeah. And again, back on the production side, just because um, again, it's such a point of fear. There's really a lot of benefits to not knowing and that might seem strange, but mm -hmm. it allows you to keep your focus entirely and not, a, not you don't want it to be entirely because that could also cause issues but you're focused on the customer right and what they're experiencing right and without un, without having to understand all of the nuances because you can ask that that person but a lot of times production departments left unchecked kind of err on the side of uh mm -hmm. rule and law and order which is which is great mm -hmm. but they also assume that because we have the standard process that must be how every vendor does it and the customers, kids must have hung on the towel bars. Otherwise they'd never ever fall off the wall because like we would just only put things in perfectly. That's what they would pay them to do. So I think there is a good healthy balance there of, of focusing on the customer because, and this is one of the benefits of having a marketer at the top regardless is this understanding that long-term all those things will have consequences to your brand. That's right. That's right. And we've had lots of owners on the, on the podcast over the years mm -hmm. um, from, from Tilson homes and Abrazo homes and, mm -hmm and others who have just said, look, mm -hmm. how we handle warranty and how we handle customer interactions with the production side mm -hmm. does impact our ability to sell homes more profitably in the future. Mm -hmm. It just does. And so I think there is some benefit to kind of saying, hey, we, we have to focus on this from the, the people who pay our bills, which is the customer. So when I was working on the uh, first division meeting, it was important to me to really communicate who we were and where we're going and to understand if um, maybe people agreed with that or disagreed with that. Like that's important to know, right? And so one of the things that happens is we do reduce our customers to a lot number. And part of that is due for efficiency's sake. They're lot 52, lot 41. But what I wanted to do was actually get the names of the customers who were closing in the month of July who had 
signed a piece of paper, signed a contract to say, yes, we want to give you our $450,000 as opposed to someone else. And I said, I'm going to start here and we're going to go and you're going to read a name out loud. And so all departments sat in the room and we read the names of our customers who are closing in the month of July. And I intend to hold that same process uh, through every division meeting. Because I think it, you know, like I say, when we reduce them to a number rather than the people who are moving here from such and such, they deserve to have their house clean when they walk through the door. They deserve to have everything in working order. And so that comes from a marketer's perspective for sure, right? Yeah, Yeah. There is no such thing as a perfect website, but one of the features that I really enjoy on your site is that it, Mm -hmm. it talks about the people and the families who are moving in. Mm-hmm. little welcome message uh, kind yeah. of ticker on the top of the screen at each community level. And I yeah. think that, again, just humanizes the fact that, oh, this company is paying attention to their existing customers who are moving in mm-hmm. and saying thank you to them. Yes, it does also have the effect of making it seem exciting that there's movement and activity in the community, mm-hmm. and that helps too. But mm-hmm. something tells me that you, even when you become a division manager or president of a home building organization, you never really stop it's almost, um, my, my wife is trying to learn Spanish uh, to become more fluent. And she talks about like, to learn the language well, you have to turn on your Spanish brain. Mm-hmm. You have to like, you can't just memorize Spanish. You have to develop right. the Spanish brain. You have a sales and marketing brain that I don't know ever turns off. No, no, I don't think so. And I think, um, you know, in sales, you close people, right? You close customers. More short-term and- focused often. It kind of, yeah, you like, Closing meaning we're trying to to get the the sale. Yeah, trying to trying to get the sale and trying to ask the question and find out. And so that's orienting in truth, right? Are you interested in moving forward on this home? Would you like to? <laughs> and so when we don't ask customers if they'd like to move forward on a home, we're not orienting the truth. And then we go home and we say things like, I think they really like it. Really? Did you ask them if they really like it? And with our marketing, you know, it can be the same thing. Oh, I really love that. Well, what we really love, you know, we recently did this thing where we did this video for summer. We're really trying to um, increase our, uh, our videos. And we were actually hearing from customers. I love that video. Now, you don't always get feedback on the marketing that you do, right? It's nice if you do, if everybody goes, oh, it was wonderful. But if you don't, there's still ways to really, you know, I would ask um, coworkers, say, hey, what'd you think of that? What'd you think of that? Oh, I thought that was great. Or, well, I don't know. I felt it fell a little short here. Well, that coworker, like they're a microcosm of your customers, right? Yeah. So when we just go, nope, this is what I'm doing, rather than making it interactive and collaborative. And for sure, there are things that we just have to make those hard decisions and go due to budget, due to time, whatever it may be. This is the route we have to go. But the more we can ask questions and just keep asking them and try to go, I always would tell the sales team, you need to go seven deep on a question. You don't just ask one question and then go, well, that's what they said. Because sometimes then it's like what we're really just, we were hoping to hear. And we really knew that there was um, another question underneath it. We just didn't want to ask it (laughs) for fear of what the answer might be. I find that too as a dad of two teenage daughters, if I do the same thing with them and they're both wicked smart, by the time you get down to like the fifth or sixth, they already, they're like, right and we haven't even said anything yet and you can just see their their body language change it's a powerful tool no matter the situation now you moving up to division manager 
how how did the process go in terms of figuring out who's going to take over the marketing stuff uh, as, as you move on? How, how did that work its mm-hmm. way out? Well, so I think initially the thought was that I was still going to continue to lead a uh, director of marketing, uh, the owner, Todd, and I've had some, you know, had some really honest conversations. And he also, I would say, is a person that you can orient in truth with. Now, sometimes I drag him into the truth. <laughs> go, yeah. We're going to look at the truth, right? Well, uh, so just- actually, hold on. I, I, and I'm sorry for everyone, but I, I like to go off in different places. But I met Todd. Incredibly yeah. interesting individual. Yeah, very uh, respect nice him man. a lot. Very I kind. get the sense, though, that at one point in time, he might not have been a complete believer in marketing's ability to like impact the business. Is that fair or not fair? I think it's true. You I know, think it's something I think- he's learned to love and respect more. And that's, again, yeah. a, a big uh, kudos to you in, in helping him transition to that. But mm-hmm. that's just a sense that I got. I was curious if I. If yeah, I no. And so. Um, so are you familiar with the Enneagram at all? Do you look uh-huh. at that at all? Uh, okay, so I'm an Enneagram one, big surprise. And then um, Todd is an Enneagram nine and he wouldn't mind me sharing that because he shares it quite openly with people. Mm-hmm. So I'm more like, you know, take the hill. And if we have to change direction, then we change direction, but no movement is bad. Mm-hmm. Some movement is good. And so I think, yeah, initially when we started out and we were going to partner with Do You Convert and we actually almost pulled the trigger. It was two years. I mean, I actually think that at some point in time, Jen Barkin uh, may have been like, <sighs> I remember like, meeting we- you at the Builder 100 conference and, and you were like apologetic almost of, you're like, sorry, we keep taking up all of your time, but, but, and we're like, no, it's fine. That's what we do. We love to talk yeah, to people. hundred percent. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we did take a couple runs at it and then we always pulled back and thought, no, we can do it ourselves. And you know what? I think anyone can do anything themselves probably, right. If they're going to put the time towards yeah. it. Yeah. hundred percent. But, um, and I remember telling you at the builder 100 too, I'd forgotten about that meeting. I remember telling you, I should do a commercial for you. <laughs> because <laughs> Which this I, is not, this is not that. So we'll, we'll, no, we'll right. that's what I'm saying. Too. Yeah. So I remember telling you, I, that's why it just is coming back to me as we're talking about this, but yes, um, marketing, um, does have the ability to impact. I don't believe that necessarily, uh, the company was on board with that initially, to believe that, uh, that that was something that could actually transpire. So here's something that we did. Last October, uh, we were starting, you know, that was, we've had to reinvent ourselves how many times, right? I mean, we all have decision fatigue. Yeah, you better be doing that right now, everyone. Yes, exactly. And you can have decision fatigue and say, I don't wanna make one more decision, but you really do have to push through. And so we were looking at a couple of our communities that were piling up the inventory and we were really having, um, going, what are we going to do? And we first step we did was then we started going, okay, we're going to have to adjust pricing. Bottom line, we are, this is where we are. We're going to orient in the truth. That price at the 3% rate is no longer going to work at a five or 6% rate. But the other thing we did was we really started attacking our website and going, what could we do? What could we drive? And so this is where, you know, marketing can affect. And we started doing these, what you guys call fake events. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, event which about were, nothing, right? Yep. An event about nothing. You know, I always had a problem with that name. I want, <laughs> wanted it to be named <laughs> something else. But um, 
that those events were responsible for actually moving through probably 60 homes. Because what we did was we actually uh, put them on the website, uh, Designer Curated Collection Event, which is our name for what others might call yeah. Spec Home, yeah. Designer Curated Collection. And we would just say that it is Saturday from, you know, 10 to 2, or Saturday, which we were open anyway during those hours. But customers uh, during that time were really afraid of being sold. And people probably always are don't want to be sold, right? They really don't. They don't want to come in and have you sell them. But they were, I think, especially afraid during that time of being sold. The rates were very volatile. Pricing was volatile. And what if I, you know, I should wait? I should have. Yeah, we're talking. This was last fall, right? Yep. October of last year yeah. was when we started those. Yeah, and we in two communities we were sitting on sixty plus homes, and literally within uh, six weeks, we moved through all of the homes and we just started advertising that. And I actually would try to fill in from time to time at a sales center. I thought it was really good to sit in someone else's shoes. So if someone was off and we didn't have a fill in, I'd say, I take it. Now, I don't know how happy the team was that I took their spot because they're probably <laughs> like, everything was wrong. <laughs> but I actually um, got to experience a couple customers coming in and saying, I'm here for your event. And it's I'm such a great way to give them what feels like a tool to reduce the threatening nature of the whole experience. It's like, yeah, I'm right. just, I'm here for the event. Uh, and everyone kind of can, can play the game of this isn't threatening or scary, is it? But like you said, it's all the same thing happening. It's just with this, this feeling of uh, lower stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I think what's really, I wasn't, by the way, everyone trying to pull out the story of selling. Oh, no. houses, it just all came what, back to me as you were talking. What's really great is this concept of a lot of the marketers we work with are like my owner or my president or my division, they just don't understand marketing and I feel mm -hmm. stuck. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's just a good example of how through orienting yourself at, at the truth, making the adjustments that's necessary, communicating that clearly and effectively mm -hmm. can give street credibility. So what we mm -hmm. use the term we use here to convert. To, to marketing and sales working together to actually get things uh, in, in a better place than they were before. And that's where, by the time I, I met Todd, you know, he was definitely a fan. He was like, this is, this is all working and this is great. And, mm. um, but I just don't want marketers to ever lose hope and think like this, this company or this individual manager that I right. keep butting heads with is a lost cause because mm -hmm. If you, if you do the steps right, and again, I think um, the theme of the show is definitely truth, mm -hmm. you, can, you, can make it, you can make a big impact. And now, even though you're moving on to this mm -hmm. other role, that impact will remain for the mm -hmm. next person to, to take on. I think that's probably, other than, than you know, a marketer being in charge of everything, the most exciting part of, of you know, the last two years of this story. Yeah, I would say so. And I think that um, the other thing with it, you know, owners like to see data, right? That's important to them. And I don't blame them. Um, it's their money. They, they want to know where it's going. And so when others were pulling back, I advocated because everyone pulled back during the whole COVID thing, right? You had 30 people lined up. What do we need to market for? And again, that's that orienting the truth of going that's no longer our situation. We'd like to believe that it is, but it isn't. And so when others were pulling back, I advocated that we charge ahead and that we actually up our spend. 
and say, let's up our spend because let's make sure that we get enough people through the door to actually purchase our homes. And I think that was, uh, and it was supported. Um, it was supported by Todd to do that, that we're going to go ahead and make the spend. He supported it. I don't know, like if he was like, you know, I don't know if he was jumping up and down, <laughs> but he well, supported okay. it. Okay. Um, I, I want to be conscious of your time and, and we've had a couple of te technical issues, but I think this is where your focus of the truth also comes in is that you're okay with account personal accountability. hundred percent. So when you say take the hill, the other translation is I'm okay with personal accountability if this doesn't go quite right, but I feel like we have to do something. And so, so much of, of the world of marketing is risk averse today mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that a lot of times the change isn't happening because the marketer themselves won't take that personal accountability or kind of, you know, as my parents would say, stick your neck out there at all. It was just like, right. nope, nope, nope. But when you have the truth that's right in front of you and you believe in that, you can't help but move towards it. Right. And, and we can all sit here and stare at each other or we can go, let's take a path. And if that path is wrong, okay, well then we'll adjust. But to me, um, I'm never going to just be sitting waiting to see how things, you know, play out. One of the things that we did, and it wasn't my idea, uh, it was actually um, a builder in our Builder 20, but I'll let them speak to, you know, their name if they want to do that, was the $99 contracts. That was something else that we did. And we advertised and marketed a lot on that, on the $99 contracts. And we sold a ton of homes doing that. And there's been numerous people I've talked to and they're like, oh, I would never do that. And I'm like, well, why? Yeah. Well, and again, man, we could, we could go for a whole nother episode, but the truth of saying, what is the objection that, that our customers are giving us and what is then do we have in our toolbox to address that mm -hmm. objection other than just a better script or better messaging? Is there an actual feature benefit or product adjustment that can be done? Right. To, I mean that like if, if there was a common objection to, you know, your phone, and Apple heard that objection and just said, no, like, yes, they, they do kind of know where they're taking us in their future product roadmap. Mm -hmm. But if you don't think that there's any testing feedback, like, no, that, that, it happens all the time. It's continual. Yeah. And I also think too, you know, that is even, you know, we have a third party send surveys to our customers. And as a company, we look at those surveys. And during the time where COVID was going on, there were supply chain issues, our scores really plummeted, you know, and we had to take a hard look at that um, and go, okay, how do we gain back um, the same customer experience that we used to have? And so now, like, I, I review every one of those because there's a lot in there. Um, you know, there's X amount of dollars, right? I mean, do you have a number at all, you guys that do you convert? Do you have a number of how many dollars have to be spent to overcome one bad uh, Google review, there's probably something, right? Yeah. I'll t I mean, the number I used to use was five grand with, with my, so there, I would say five to $10,000 easy, <laughs> easy. But the, the more important thing for people to understand is at some point technology will continue to evolve and, and AI will continue to evolve where there will be no amount of money possible. The yeah. experience will live on its own as the thing that yeah. cannot be you know, over communicated or overshadowed with ad dollars. Yeah. And I think, you know, that again, that's where the truth comes in because sometimes this stuff is low hanging fruit. And if we just would have 
taken a look at it and said, we didn't come through for those people, how we should have. Um, or when they're when they're raising their hand during the process and going, I'm not happy with this, I'm not happy with that. And we just continue to plow right through it. Um, you know, we kind of get the review we deserve then, right? Because we didn't stop. And so it is orienting the truth and creating um, that cognitive ease for customers. So, you know, what did the $99 contract do? It created cognitive ease. I've got 40 things I have to think about here before I actually purchase this home. Oh, we got you on the down payment. Yeah. And so that was just something it just created ease for people. And sometimes even though they won't speak it, and that's part of marketing's job too, which can be really, really hard, is to continue to create ease and sometimes ease for something where there's unspoken disease. But you have to look at it and go, okay, what? how would I look at this? From, again, not going, I love it. Well, that's great that you love yeah. it. But from and a customer what I think is really important there is that's something that you're not going to be able to do year one in the business because what, you know, the, any smart person who's willing to, to be focused on truth could say, I'm going to listen to my, my customer feedback and adjust. Mm -hmm. And yet again, shockingly, a lot of companies don't do any of that, but that's relatively straightforward where the expertise has to come in. And the experience is they're not even saying this, but I know this is an issue. Yeah. Well, but there isn't any data that directly points to that. No, but there is ancillary data that hints at that. And then mm -hmm. again, with our expertise and our curiosity, we have to go in and uncover it, you know, have a hypothesis, make an adjustment, mm -hmm. see how it works and then keep mm -hmm. shifting. But. Well, yeah. And you know, there's personality types that we deal with, right? Too. So there's statistics on that as well. I don't oh, yeah, they're just not going to mention anything. They're not going to mention it. And so, you know, when, and so if I look at it and I go, that looks off. I can go, no one has said anything, or I can say, let's fix it. Because for every one person that says something, there's probably 10 who won't say a word. They'll just get in their car and then they'll say the person they came with, did you see that? <laughs> and so we right. may as well just go, I saw it. Let's just get it fixed. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Lisa, thanks so much for taking the time to yeah, sit down and, and share yeah. your story and your truth. Uh, been fantastic to have you. We'll put a link in the show notes to everyone uh, to connect with her on LinkedIn if you'd like to to do so. And um, yeah, thanks again. Love to have yeah, you. Thank you for having me. It's really been a lot of fun and a joy to talk with you. We'll see ya. All right. Bye, Kevin. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peake, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.